Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's a pleasure to have you joining us, no matter how you're listening. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube and also on Podbean. Thanks for being here tonight, everybody. Uh, we're, we are here uh, on a beautiful uh, Thursday evening, so thanks uh, so much for uh, joining us, no matter where you're joining us from. Uh, I am, as always, joined by my co-host, and a good friend, uh, Ann DeSantis. Welcome, Ann, and thank you so much for being uh, here this evening as well. Hey, thank you, Bill, and thank you, everyone. It's always so much fun to be here on these podcasts, and a pleasure to be with you, Bill. And I'm very excited about our guest this evening, and some of you may have seen that uh, our guest is Sister Nancy Usselman. She is a daughter of St. Paul out in California, and she is also the director of the Pauline Center of Media Studies in Los Angeles. She's an author, speaker, film reviewer, blogger of pop culture and media literacy education. Hey, there's so much to talk about. Sister, welcome. Thank you so much, Anne. It's great to be with you both. Saying, thank you yeah. so much for having me. Yeah, thanks yeah. for being here. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. And I, the, the Daughters of St. Paul, to be quite blunt and honest with, with you, that you're one of my favorite religious orders. I, I love your sisters. I love your media. Some of you who are listening are familiar with Pauline Media. Mm -hmm. And I know, Sister, you're going to give us all those website information and uh, social media, too. Sure. But I thought maybe we could start out with your own uh, vocation story. And also, please tell us more about the Daughters of St. Paul. Uh, sure. Thanks, Anne. Um, well, as Daughters of St. Paul, if anybody doesn't know who we are, um, you can just look us up on social media as hashtag media nuns, and you'll find us. <laughs> so that's a quick way of finding out about us. Um, but uh, as a daughter of St. Paul, our, our whole mission in the church, we were founded just a little over 100 years ago by a an Italian priest named Blessed James Alberioni. He was blessed, uh, declared blessed by uh, St. John Paul II in 2013. And he's a priest who really saw the coming of a development in technology and in media. And at that time it was only the press, but he created and developed a whole religious order and a whole religious family called the Pauline family. So besides Daughters of St. Paul, there are nine other institutes he founded 
that comprise the Pauline family. And all of it is to be able to be evangelizers in the 20, 20th century and 21st century using all the technology that God has put before us, all of the media technology, the ways of communicating the gospel. And that is our sole mission in the church is to live Christ and communicate Christ and through all forms of media. So not only do we create media, which many of you know us by um, Pauline Books and Media, uh, we're also, uh, besides being publishers, but we're also um, distributors. We have the Pauline Book and Media stores across the country, but we're also media literacy educators. So, and that's what I do from the Pauline Center for Media Studies to teach on how we integrate our faith with our media experience. And it's through a me media literacy um, methodology or pedagogy. It's really about being critical engagers of our popular media culture. And it's kind of ironic because when I was a teenager, uh, I, I loved, I've always loved since a little kid, actually, I love movies, television, music, pop music, books. I, I, I would loved any kind of media. And I was kind of a little fanatic, you know, I can't believe how much time I spend watching TV <laughs> now that I think about it. I hear you, as they say. <laughs> I, mean, I watch all the old movies and old shows I watch continuously. Um, yeah, I did also play. I was in big into sports as well. So I wasn't only doing that, <laughs> but I was a big lover of media. And I think it was just ingrained in me. Uh, uh, my family all loved music. My parents were dancers. They taught us all how to dance. They were dance instructors. So we had all kinds of music in our house. Um, so I guess when I was, when I was probably a, a teenager, I never really thought of becoming a sister. It was not like even in my mind, although I'm from St. Louis where, uh, did you know it's called the Rome of the West? And do you know why? I don't know if I've ever heard that. Yeah. It's Tell called me. the Rome of the West because... Yeah. In St. Louis, there were over 300 religious mother houses of religious orders there. Mm. <laughs> Just in that St. Louis area alone. Um, that's because every religious order probably had some house there because it was the center of the country. Mm -hmm. It was probably, you know, accessible to other areas. But so it's known as Rome of the West. So it's a very Catholic area. There are many religious. So my family knew many religious orders. Uh, we knew the Carmelites. We knew the Missionaries of Charity. Uh, Benedictines, Jesuits, uh, you name it, we knew them. <laughs> mm. so, um, but, and, and, you know, and myself, I'm, I have two older sisters, and then I have several cousins where a bunch of us that are all around the same age. And of course, we'd go to some event or some religious event, you know, like a novena or some event, and, and you know, at the Carmelites or wherever. And they'd see this big group of girls. And of course, any religious smart that they are would say, did you ever think about thinking of, think about becoming a sister? And we're all like, uh, no. <laughs> I was like, no, not me. But um, there were others that like one of my cousins, she was very interested in religious life. So, um, but it was never on my radar. I was too interested in school, in sports and whatever, like I said, and my media. But uh it wasn't until my cousin, she is the one who wanted to be a nun. She, she was driving downtown St. Louis and saw that there was a Catholic bookstore. And so she went mm. in and when she went in and she saw it was run by sisters, she was like, oh, this is fascinating. So she's kind of like 
watching at them from behind the bookshelves and seeing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Finally, when she goes out and buys something, she they said to her, did you ever th- think about becoming a sister? <laughs> you see a nice young woman, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and she said, yes. So they invited her to actually a day of retreat, like a little day of recollection afternoon. And she says, great, can I bring all my cousins? <laughs> so we're oh. like, great, thanks. Now we all have to go because you told them we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> so we all, you know, it was a big group of us. So we end up going to this retreat day. And, um, and as soon as I walked in to this book and media center, I saw these sisters and they were happy and they were joyful. But then I saw that they use movies, music, television, and books to communicate Christ. I was like, okay, this is different. I've never seen this before. I knew teachers. I've had teachers in school. I knew those who worked with the poor, those who worked in hospitals, those who were cloistered. I knew all that. Mm. But when I met the Daughters of St. Paul, I was like, movies, music, and books, and, and Jesus, okay, this is something different. Yeah. So that was the moment that kind of got me in, although I still was like resisting. That's not for me, really. I'm not, not, not interested in being a nun. I think it's just cool. You know, I thought it was just really neat that these sisters were doing this. But after a while, they kept after us. Did they? Okay. <laughs> Very persistent to call me and keep up and keep in contact. And I would visit them once in a while. And um, it was really interesting because it was my cousin and I both were you know, considering this. Um, and then at one point, so after a long period of time, we decided to enter the community. And my family was like, um, Nancy, are you sure about this? You know, they didn't think I would last. <laughs> they were like, well, okay, she's probably not going to last. Probably going to be home in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was Little like, did they know. You so, um, you know, so we both enter. Um, and after three months, I stayed. She left. She left. You know, she got married, has eight kids. Oh, <laughs> and wow. I'm the one who remained, who didn't want to be a nun, who remained now 35 years later. <laughs> 35 years later. Yeah, so oh, what a, see how God has such a plan for everybody's life. Yeah. And I, I remember the sisters. Too. I love stories like this. I love. And I remember the, the sisters stories. gave me a card, which was interesting. And this is probably what also helped me is I would pray every day, you know, this little card. If I went to mass, I would pray it after communion. It was a prayer to Mary, queen of apostles, to no one's own vocation. And I remember saying in there, you know, help me to know my vocation. And I would tell her, and it's not to be a nun. And then and I would it's go not on to with be the a nun. <laughs> I have to laugh. Yeah. That was the wrong thing to say, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so God, God took that and took all the circumstances and, and, and led me into this community where it was really the mission that attracted me. Although the prayer, the community life, you know, the joy of the sisters, all of it together is what attracted me to this community. Um, but I just love media. So, <laughs> yeah, well, and so that's what I've been doing ever since. We're glad well, you do, I must Susan. say, uh, you do a fine job at it as far as your social media presence. Uh, I just want to say, if I could, for inviting people to connect with you, uh, because you have a great uh, Facebook Live presence there, Sister Nancy Usselman. It's spelled U S S E L M A N N. Two S's, two N's. 
That's right. <laughs> Connect with her. Watch those videos. Uh, no, it's amazing, sister. Um, you know your your story uh, certainly is one of joy, and I'm I'm I happen to be a tech geek too. So I mean, I love uh, my my degree was in TV radio production. Uh, so we have we have a lot in common, uh, you know, with uh, with the whole uh, media studies and and media stuff. There's just so many great blessings about knowing that and uh, and and using it as a tool. You know, I remember uh, I was in uh, actually discernment for the resident discernment for the for the priesthood for a little while uh, with the conventional Franciscans and uh, Saint Maximilian Colby was mm-hmm. uh, uh, was the was the patron um, and he's a patron saint of modern media and. Uh, it just was always so impressive to me that what, uh, what what he said about the printing press when one of the one of the friars uh, asked him why he bought the most expensive one, <laughs> and and he answered he said well Jesus gets the best we have a gold chalice on the altar too don't we, mm-hmm. um, and so you know there's something that's so um, you know important about using this uh, media in today's society for a positive. Um, building up the kingdom of Christ, and that's what you guys are all about. And so, um, I, I'm, I'm interested to learn a little bit about how how you guys are doing that. What are some of the uh, what are the, what are some of the latest things that you're that you're doing, even during this time of pandemic, uh, that you're trying to do uh, to help you know evangelize. Oh, sure. Actually, I just want to go back to one thing you said about St. Maximilian Colby. Well, our founder, Blessed James Alberione, would say that our pulpit, these these technical means are our pulpits for preaching the word today. Amen. This is how it will reach as many people as possible with the word of God. And and it's kind of like exactly how Maximilian Cole was saying it. You know, it's like we have to reach as many people as possible. And sometimes that that requires a certain anonymity. We don't really get to see all those people that we really touch. We don't really know who is really affected by our mission. And yet that's that's something we'll find out in heaven, he would tell us. He's like, you know, yep. you'll find out. Don't You don't have to worry about that now. <laughs> right. God will reveal that to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, 100% true. Yeah, 100% true. Well, I think for all of us, it's been challenging, you know, during this whole pandemic, it's it's challenging to constantly reinvent yourselves, and especially within a media culture like this and things rapidly changing. But um, I think like many others, we have gone to online and to live streaming, really sharing faith. I think that's the main thing, you know, um, so many people, especially at this time, we were doing several live broadcasts um, from our publishing house, actually, in Boston. They were doing live broadcasts, and I was part of several of them, where several times a day where people could join in, pray with us, but then also learn something, you know, get a little faith uh, snippet, you know, something about, I don't know, about the Holy Spirit or about, you know, what does it mean to let go and trust, you know, things like that. So we had a whole series that was going and still going, um, But um, I think, you know, taking advantage of that live streaming process, we were live streaming from here, our hours of adoration, part of our um, spirituality as Daughters of St. Paul, as Pauline, is that we have two aspects of our spirituality, most significantly is to live Jesus Christ's way, truth, and life. And, um, And we do that through the word and the Eucharist. And, you know, so many people are hungering for the Eucharist because yes. we haven't had open churches, you know, only here in L.A. is it only just beginning to open up. But um, 
And so we thought, well, how can we offer it? We have a chapel. We have the Blessed Sacrament. How can we help people with that? So we are we live stream our hours of adoration that we pray out loud together. And it's a certain method that our founder gave us. And it's really following this like way, truth, and life method, which is our, our truth, way, life method, which, excuse me, is mind, will, and heart, leading the whole person into that relationship with Christ. And so we kind of lead people along in how to pray in our veteration. Um, it's, they're instructional, they're meditative, they're a way for us to bring all the petitions that we have to the Lord. Um, and we had people write their petitions online and, and you know we pray them out loud for them. Uh, so any way that we can share, I think, the word out there um so live streaming across platforms but yeah. um it also gave me a time especially me and all the our sisters in different areas too um to really rethink how else we can uh reach out to people um and we're starting with this our, our vlog i'm gonna create this vlog and I, I don't have the name yet, but it's going to be something like pop culture chats with the media nuns. And I don't have the name yet, but it's something like that. Yeah. Because that's what I do. I do a lot of film reviews, television reviews. Um, I talk about pop culture and theology. And how do we get that out there? A real understanding of media mindfulness. That's what we do from our media study center, particularly. So, and turning our whole, all our courses, we do these courses on media literacy certification course, and now we're putting it all online. Uh, so it, it's been challenging, but at the same time, it's a good thing because yeah. hopefully it'll spread the reach, right? Yes, exactly. I, I, you made a great point. I think that you have done a good job. And when I say you, I mean you and the sisters and the whole uh, religious order, a great job with keeping up with what's going on in the technological world, the digital world, because it's constantly changing, isn't it? I mean, where books were being sold uh, so uh, often now, people are not thinking to always buy books, but want that Kindle version mm -hmm. or the Audible version or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, and I think the fact that you're doing these live streams all the time, and the key thing is that you're constantly communicating with everyone. And you're trying to keep that outreach there to uh, educate, as you said, mm -hmm. uh, in the faith and help them to develop their relationship with God. So how beautiful is that? Well, you know, we all try. We all put out our seed, right? You put out the seed of the word wherever it falls and you hope it falls on, you know, receptive hearts. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But you know, that's, but that, I, I actually like that word sister a lot because, you know, uh, it, the, that's the, that's the play on words that we use here at Sowing Hope. Um, oh yes. that's what, that's what uh, the title of our show <laughs> is. Uh, we, I, we use the word S E W, uh, cause of our, cause of, uh, the heart surgery is a patchwork heart ministry, but, um, but the, but it, but it's all about that gospel. It's all about, we have to sow the word, sow, sow the word out there and, and you know what? It's going to fall on, you know, uh, you know, the thorny path. It's going to fall on all those different types of soil, but some of it's going to fall on the on the good soil. And we know that uh, because people come back, they listen to our podcasts there, you know, whether it's live on YouTube or, or later, um, they're they're listening, you know, to this stuff. And I think it's, you know, implanting in them hope. It's giving them, you know, life during this difficult time. But what a what a great word uh, for you to speak mm -hmm. there, you know, just about hope. 
It's interesting, too, at this time, I think more than ever, we have realized how we are one church all around the world. And it's kind of amazing how it's all come together. I mean, you can go on, uh, you know, Facebook or YouTube or wherever, and you can basically get a mass live streamed at any moment of the day, which is so fabulous. And and we've had people join us from like the United Arab Emirates, from Africa, from South Africa, from the Philippines, from all parts of the world, you know, you realize we're just, we're all one Catholic community and people, many people, many people who are also not Catholic, who are searching for something, for some spirituality. And that's, that's the great gift that this technology gives us. And that's why the church always talks about media technology as gifts of God. You know, um, unfortunately, many times as Catholics, people could just talk about media as all bad. Yes. You know, and that's unfortunate because really this these are just these are neutral means. They're neutral means. They're they're gifts. It's what we do with it. Right. And how we use it and how we engage with it, Um, even how we engage with the secular media culture. Um, It's what we do with it. We can't just say diss and say it's all bad. Um, there are elements and seeds of the gospel. There are elements and seeds of grace present there. And we have to help draw it out, help people yes. to see it, help people to be that to be that point of dialogue with the culture. Um, because, you know, you can't always just preach Jesus to somebody who doesn't know Jesus or doesn't yeah. want to know Jesus. But you can start by starting with what they know, right? Isn't that what St. Paul did in the Areopagus in Athens, Greece? He started with what they know, which is an altar to the unknown God. He started with their own poets and their own writers, their own intellectuals. And then from that point on, he started preaching the gospel, but slowly, you know, and that's kind of where we're at with a popular media culture. So starting with what people know, the TV shows they're watching, the, the streaming shows they're watching, the movies they watch, you know, and talk about it there and then start drawing it out. Start drawing out those elements of grace. Yeah. I love how you meet people where they are. That is exactly, I think, the best way to really evangelize our culture. Um, because when we push too hard for them to become exactly as we are, because that's not the goal either, is it? It's not mm-hmm. the goal that they become like us. The goal is that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ and the church and that they're living out their gifts that God has given them right? And that they have that relationship with the Holy Spirit and that they're using those gifts to help to, not to sound cliche, but to make the world a better place, right? Exactly. To bring hope, right? Sowing hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I think sometimes, you know, we talk about enculturation in the church, but we're thinking of it in far as like evangelizers, those who go out to other countries and try to find those elements or those seeds of the culture in order to, you know, incorporate that into the preaching of the gospel. Well, we don't really see like, it's about enculturating ourselves also into a popular media culture, not so that we assume all that the culture, you know, is, is promoting or saying, but that we understand it. We have to understand in order to be able to preach the gospel there, because if we just diss it and say, it's all bad, well, then we're actually missing the opportunity to preach the gospel. We're missing the opportunity to help someone find hope, find life, find joy. Um, And that's going to be on us 
when we go to heaven, we're going to realize, you know, hey, <laughs> we yeah. missed that opportunity. But, you know, that's why I say, you know, take the opportunity that you can, every opportunity. And I, I'd be living because I live in Hollywood or near Hollywood. Um, and I'm a film reviewer. I get invited to a lot of events, you know, pre-screenings of films. And obviously now Hollywood has been shut down for a few months. But yeah. uh, when it was open, we were often invited onto this red carpet. We do interviews with all the... Uh, you know, the writers, the directors, producers, the artists, the actors. And um, it's interesting because, you know, many are surprised when they see nuns on the red carpet <laughs> or like at their, at their premiere, you know, <laughs> it's like, right. what are you doing here? You know? And so, but we're interview. And when we share about, we ask them like, well, what do you, what do you so hope to get out of this? What do you hope people how do you see that this will uplift people or whatever? Um, and they're fascinated. They are really fascinated that we are present there and that they just think it's so awesome. I just remember one time I was on a red carpet and it was Clint Eastwood's film and he comes up and there, there, his handler was trying to direct us. Of course, we're at the very end of the red carpet. And so by that point, it's the, the time has already been delayed. And so by the time it comes to us, they were ready to push him along and we're like, no, wait, one question. <laughs> Did yeah. you get him? Well, yeah. And so she says one question, what do you want to ask? I said, well, I said something about, you know, the, the faith element or something in this. And she's like, not faith, fate, fate. And I was like, okay, whatever, whatever, sweetheart. (laughs) But but he came (laughs) up to us. So we just asked him, what do you hope people get out of this? What do you think people will receive from this film? And he goes, well, you know, it's a really spiritual film. (laughs) I just laughed so hard because I was like, yeah, they're trying to tell us not to talk about faith and spirituality when Glenn Eastwood himself talked about it. So it was great. Uh, But he kept going on and on. I can see everyone was getting nervous behind him because the time was, you know, they needed to move it along. Well, you're not going to move Clint Eastwood. When he wants to talk, he's going to talk, right? (laughs) And he wanted to talk to the nuns. Did he? So cool. And you know, I mean, it's pretty funny. That's so uh, cool. But I think it was just story. We so surprised, but also grateful that we were there. So I'm glad you got a chance to tell that one. Uh, and also, I, as we're talking about all these things, I want to invite people who are listening to check out your website for sure at bemediamindful.org. And I know you're also an author. Yes. I don't want to miss the opportunity to talk about the whole idea of becoming a culture mystic. So maybe you could tell us about your book. Well, my book is uh, called A Sacred Look, Becoming Cultural Mystics. And really it's a theology of popular culture. What I wanted to do is find that integrating point of how we can communicate with the popular media culture with our faith experience. And what's that underlying theological base for it? So I realized, you know, it's about, you know, being mystics, being everyday mystics, but where do we find ourselves within popular media culture? And so we can look as people of faith, take a look at the the art and artifacts of the culture that speak about the needs and desires of humanity, those desires for communion, connection, purpose, and meaning in life, the desire for intimacy, um, those deep existential desires of every human person. And and really look at that and say, and draw that out. And that's our starting point of, of preaching the gospel, of, of bringing the message of Christ to them. But we can find those elements in the culture. So it's about being a, a, a cultural mystic is one who can contemplate really 
the, the, the underlying desires that are present in the popular media culture and draw that out and have that moment of conversation and dialogue with the culture. So um, ultimately, it's really about taking a media mindfulness perspective, a media mindful, uh, engaging with the culture mindfully, not not in the, you know, that kind of weird kind of sense of mindfulness. It's mm-hmm. it's being media mindful, like aware of what we are uh, engaging with, asking questions of it, um, bringing our values and our gospel faith values into conversation with it so that we know who we are. And it's not like, it's not like we're just absorbing it and like a couch potato and taking everything in. No, we're engaging with it mindfully and present, totally present to it. Um, so I don't know if you've ever watched a movie like that. You know, we, we do this all the time. We call it Cinema Divina. Oh, <laughs> the movie with that. scripture and we pray with it and we watch it, but we, we find the deeper elements in it. We talk about what is it really talking about? What is this film really saying um, about the human person and the dignity of the human person? Yeah, that that's good that you brought that up because especially in our current culture right now, it it has been lost in many ways. I think uh, that idea of looking at things in that mystical way and being able to see that dignity that every single human does have. Mm-hmm. So I just commend you and and your order and the great work that you're doing uh, with media. And I think. Uh, I think you always have. I think the Pauline sisters have done such a great job since at least since the time that I have known you that you always have uh, figured out what is the current, um, you know, exciting thing that's being presented to the culture, be it media. Now, right now, maybe it isn't the hardcover book or something like that, or maybe it's not the DVD or the CD. So I thought maybe you could share with us what are some of the uh, areas of media that you do see people are going toward more than they have been before, such as books? Oh, well, I think, you know, like podcasting is growing by leaps and bounds. Um, people are listening a lot. I think, you know, vlogs, YouTube, everything on YouTube is just it. Um, I think going there, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested in creating this little vlog called Culture Chats with the Media Nuns, but it's about pop culture. So I, I'm, one, I'm, I'm creating a program for that. But where I also talk about current films and television series and streaming series, you know, um, you know, talking about like the issues in our culture today, you know, and, and talk about the movie Just Mercy, which is a beautiful film that really addresses the problems in a justice system uh, in a racist a, a situation where you know many black men were actually convicted without clear evidence, and and this mm. story of this this um, African American lawyer, Harvard Law School graduate, goes to Alabama and and creates this uh, um, organization where he helps all these people in prison who who did not get fair sentences and uh, beautiful based on a true story. Uh, so like we could take that and bring that into conversation with the scripture and really draw out what is the gospel elements there. Uh, um, obviously it's about mercy, about finding mm. the dignity of the human being. Um, so many wonderful st- series out there, The Crown on Netflix or even All American, another wonderful story. Um, 
Love Steel Magnolias is really popular, was really popular right now. TV show movies like A Hidden Life uh, by Franzi Augerstadter or, or a lot of the Oscar winners, Jojo Rabbit, um, Parasite. There's a lot of interesting things in those stories that we can talk about with the gospel in light of the gospel. That's so it's cool. good. Yeah, it's good to hear. And I think uh, for those people who are in that millennial age bracket or younger, I have two daughters that are uh, just a little younger than the millennial age uh, range. They are, I guess they would say iGens. They're uh, 21 and 23. And uh, I wondered if you had any um, observations about that age group and what they like, because and you know, you've done a lot of studies, I guess, on media uh, what have you seen about those younger people and what they gravitate toward? Well, quite honestly, I talk a lot to young adults. Um, I give a lot of talks to young adults and retreats. And uh, I think what it is, it's it's not so much that I you know know exactly what they're watching, but being current about what's out there. Um, like like there's this show called Ricky. Uh, it's Ricky Gervais's story. Uh, well he wrote and produced and stars in it called afterlife it's kind of crass it's kind of very ricky gervais he's very um he's an atheist and he says you know doesn't really believe in much else but he's talking about you know it's a story of a man who's who lost his wife and he is just mean and angry and is horrible to everybody but he meets this woman at at the cemetery where his wife is buried and her husband is buried and they talk and Slowly over the series, you begin to see that, you know, he learns that life is worth living when you can start to give of yourself in love to others instead of staying only in yourself and in your own grief. And it's when you come out of yourself is when you get to realize that there is beauty around you. There is uh, grace around you. Uh, and it's a really amazing story. So when I talk to millennials, I just talk about shows that are current and I think they're very grateful. They're very grateful that I can talk about current shows and not condemn them because mm-hmm. I think that I think of church, especially people in the church who will automatically just condemn every media that they watch or engage yes. in especially video games. They think, Oh, you don't like, you know, Mortal Kombat or whatever, you know, they're going to say, you know, and if I say I can draw something out of it, they're like, thank you so much for saying that. Um, that's all That's all it is. I don't think we can condemn every everything they experience, but I think they want to see, is there any value in it? And how do they find the value in it? That's what they appreciate. The tools to use. Mm. They want to know how to be media mindful, um, but maybe they just don't have the tools to do that. And um, and that's what I find. I, I, they, they just get excited. We talk. <laughs> we just talk. And, so. and I bet you they're quite surprised, as you said. Very that, much so. That, that a, Especially that if I mention too hot to handle, you know, they're probably going to be like, what are you talking about? Maybe, yes, I did yeah. watch that show and not a lot of it, but it's not really worth watching. But it's a very <laughs> interesting thing that it's talking about dating today that basically the hookup culture is not satisfying. Because this this the show is really putting all these really nice, hot, you know, looking people together and telling them they can't have sex because they want them to try to talk and have more and engage in deeper relationships. 
I was like, look at that. That's kind of like the opposite of the dating project, you know, yeah. from family theater productions and Paula's productions came out with the dating project. Right. The dating project was really about the hookup culture, but it's really to say, how do we get into deeper and more profound relationships with each other? It was by dating, but traditional dating. Um, the show is kind of the opposite philosophically, but it was trying to get at the same point. Yeah. That yeah. that hookup culture is not fulfilling. And so we talk about that. When I man, young adults, I talk about that. They're all like, what? <laughs> right. It's fun. And hey, it's so good. You're, you're meeting them where they are. And they'll, even though you may not agree with every movie choice or uh, video game or whatever, I mean, they're seeing when, when we can meet people who are different from us and believe differently than we do, but we can find some kind of commonality that we respect them, mm-hmm. in my opinion. There's yes. still some kind of respect for them as a human being and their choices, right? Exactly. Just like God respects our choices. Exactly. Then that's where things, I think, where things can begin on that faith journey. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I think of it as a fence, if I want somebody to hop that fence and now, hey, you're going to be just like me mm-hmm. in every way. And now you're okay. You're going to go to heaven because you're mm-hmm. like me. That's not right. You mm-hmm. know, no. they can still be who they are, Right. They're in all in a lot of ways, they can still be who they are, but virtue comes into their life. They right. see the value of good choices, right? right? And vocation decisions too. Vocation is something important to every human, whether they understand what that means or not, right? I mean, it, it's so much about being reflective and because our culture doesn't allow for that space to be quiet, to be reflective, to be conscious of what we're doing. It's like, it's so much is coming at us at every moment that we don't stop to really think about it. And we don't even stop to think about what yes. we're engaging with in our media. You know, we may say, oh, that was a good movie or yeah, it was great visually, but I had a problem with the, its storyline because of this or whatever. It, we have to stop and reflect and think. And I think that's, that's the part about being a cultural mystic. We, we have to be contemplatives engaging with the popular media culture, not avoiding it, not just assuming everything the culture says, but engaging with it mindfully and and thoughtfully and as a contemplative, basically. Yeah, yeah, no, that is such a great mindset to have, and and one that I really encourage any young person out there listening to this right now just to take to heart. Uh, you know, Sister Nancy, as we're talking, I just I just really feel that uh, we as as young people in today's church, I mean, I'm, I'm still on the older side of the millennials. I'm, I'm, I was born in 1985, so I guess that's the first year of the millennials, right? Um, but, <laughs> but um, you know, the, the idea is that I think we really, as young people, have to take into heart uh, this call to reflect, because as you said, it's coming at us at a billion miles an hour, everything. You know, mm-hmm. I, my, last night I was um, or actually it was this morning, I, I woke up and my, I, I, I turned over to get my phone and my wife is in the bed and, and, and she looks at it and there are a thousand gazillion <laughs> notifications all on my phone of text messages and, 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 and everything and, and, and packages being shipped to the apartment and all of these things <laughs> happening. And, and she's just like, how do you even deal with that? <laughs> you know, how do you do it, it? It's coming at you at a billion miles an hour from the moment that you open your eyes and pick up your phone. And, and uh, so, so just taking the time to, you know, even just think about 
what you've seen. You know, I mean, I yeah. I like the idea that you're talking about. Okay, well, you know, what? as you've seen these TV shows, as you've watched this stuff, okay, now let's think about it. Let's just not run off to the next thing, and you know, because the sequel's not going to come out for another uh, you know year and a half here, folks. So yeah. so let's think about what we just <laughs> saw. You know, before we are worried about the sequel. It's funny. You know? Well, for us, for us as daughters of St. Paul, it's really our Pauline spirituality is really a media spirituality. It's it's not only do we pray with media, which I'm sure many of you do. You take your phone, you can read the liturgy of the hours, you can do prayers, whatever you want. Yeah. But it's praying the media. So not just praying with the media, praying the media. That means praying over our what we're watching doing a cinema divina, which is watching film within light of the scripture, uh, praying the news. Uh, uh, I also do. I, we pray for celebrities. We pray for all those who work in the media, all the writers, the producers, the editors, directors. We pray for them every day. Wow. Praying for those That's who work wonderful. in the media. I mean, because this, this is a culture of itself, and it's a global culture. This is not just a local national culture. It's a global culture. And the responsibility of those who are in media to communicate the common human experience. And so we pray for them. We pray the media. Um, I think that's a really important distinction and, and really... Uh, it, it helps us also to have a positive perspective of the media. It's not as all bad, but that means we can also pray. We pray the media. We pray the media. We pray with the media. We pray for all those who in the media. And I, and, and just kind of just keep that in mind. And like I said, you could go on our website, bemediamindful.org, and we have all that kind of stuff on there so um, cool. about praying media. So oh um, if that's helpful for people to use. Yes. Well, it's helpful. I mean, I have to just say that I'm just so blessed that you're a guest on Sewing Hope. And I came across Sister Nancy because we're Facebook friends and she has such a wonderful uh, social media presence. So uh, I would invite you to check, uh, you know, connect with her on social media and also the Pauline Media on Facebook and all the different um, social media platforms. I just wanted to say uh, that uh, I, and as a very, very side job is that I do a little bit of uh, 50 plus uh, modeling and acting in my area, which is the Philadelphia area. And what you just said about the media, uh, because I've been around a lot of people who do make films and commercials and uh, different mm -hmm. things and, and TV stations and everything like that. And uh, they do need prayer mm -hmm. because there's a fine line there uh, between virtue and vice that we all have to be mindful of and what is uh, really wrong to, to promote and what is good. Mm -hmm. And I, I can just say that for myself that I've had to say no to more opportunities than I've had than, than saying yes to because of that, because when I read through different things, read through different scripts or different uh, learn about different companies and what they represent that even though I was going to be paid, you know, half decent money to do something that I had to say no. And maybe I was one of those people that you were praying for, because now I'm here with Bill doing this wonderful <laughs> Sewing Hope podcast. Yeah. And now Journeys in Faith, which you're going to be a guest on, Journeys in Faith uh, TV on Fiat Ministry Network. 
which is all about faith. It's all about the great things people are doing, like Santa's sister, Nancy, who's going to be a guest <laughs> coming up soon. So you got to keep an eye there. Go to Fiat Ministry Network. So I just wanted to mention that because I've been in the midst of people where, honestly, sister, I was the only one who didn't laugh at certain jokes or, uh, you sure. know, just agree with every little uh, thing that was happening in society that I knew was just downright wrong. Sure. And it's you, know, you it's have to walk business. away. It's... You have to walk away. And and one time, I'll just tell a quick story. One time, uh, the day before an opportunity was for um, a very large uh, company. I read the script and I said, I just can't do this. And he said, why? And I told him because of my faith. Mm -hmm. So they had to find somebody the next day. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I turned down something that would have been great pay for me. But I walked away knowing that I did the right thing, that it mm -hmm. was against everything that I believed in. Certainly. And, um, you know, so thank you for those prayers for people. And please keep praying yeah. for those who are involved in media. Because, you know, it's not just movies and TV. You know, there's people who do commercials or spokesperson for this or that corporation. So absolutely. Uh, so appreciated. Absolutely. You got the media nuns behind you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome stuff. Uh, you know, I, I am just so uplifted by uh, this conversation today. And uh, for our, for our listeners, I, 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 I want you to know that uh, we at Patchwork Car Ministry and at Fiat Ministry Network are very committed to doing just exactly this, uh, building up people through the media. And so uh, I'm, I, I'm so glad to know that you're behind us because uh, we always need uh, some, some good nuns behind our ministry. Oh, yes. Um, absolutely. So, um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, sister. And um, I, I just real quick before we uh, kind of wind things up, I know it's um, kind of uh, wrapping up here, but I, but I want to let people know that um, you can join us on the premium stuff that we have. Uh, we have a premium Patreon uh, where, we're, where, we're, where we're personalizing the parish mission for people, and we're calling it Discover Your Mission. So we really want you to go and uh, become a premium subscriber. It's only $25 a month. You're going to get a new parish mission every single month, the new personal mission, we should call it, every single month. Um, so we're really excited about that. And again, we're dedicated to doing this media stuff. So join us. And, um, you know, I know it, it, it takes, uh, when, when you're in this sister, I, I'm sure you're in this boat, right? Like it takes time. It takes money. It takes all of these things and the Lord provides, but he provides through sure. us. And, and, and so really pray about it. Think about it. Those out there listening to, to join us on this, uh, journey of, of, uh, media exploration during these COVID-19 times. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think we have about five or seven minutes left, something like that. Um, sister, I wondered if you could leave us with, um, you mentioned about becoming sort of that mind, that mindful sort of mystic in a spiritual sense, when you're looking at a movie, when you're, uh, maybe, you know, looking at something on your phone or reading a book, whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. Would you have a few points of advice for someone to get into that mindset? Sometimes people say, you know what? I just don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Do you have maybe a couple points of advice for them as we uh, exit this program? Yes, I do. It's all about asking questions. And uh, we call it the media mindfulness methodology. It's on our website at bemediamindful.org. You can look up me media mindfulness. And we call this media mindfulness wheel, which helps us go in the method of theological reflection, helps us go, 
well, what's going on? So what's really happening? Then what, what's really going on in the story that we're engaging with? What is it communicating? What is it saying? Who's gains? Who pains? You know, what's, and then what difference does it make is the most important question because that's when it says, what values uh, does it, what gospel values does it support and ignore or ignore? You know, what is it really saying about the human person and human dignity? And then what can, what difference can I make? Basically, what do I take away from this? How am I different as a result of engaging with this called this experience um, or, or with this particular media artifact? You know, um, you know, we can watch all kinds of things and all kinds of stories and, and yet, does it change us? Do we, does it call us to action, to social action? Uh, so it's really about going into those questions deeper and reflecting on ourselves. You know, it doesn't have to be a really long drawn out process. It can be a matter of five, 10 minutes, um, how we get into it, but it's even better when you can do it and talk about it with someone else. But, but that's really a method to help us be contemplative and reflective uh, with all our media. And that, that goes the same for our social media. You know, how many times, you know, you could be just streaming and looking on your Twitter feed forever and ever and ever and for hours wasted. And you realize, what am I doing? You know, what, what is this communicating? What am I, what am I doing with this? Is it taking me away from something else? You know, it, it gets us really to stop and reflect and think. Um, and that's really, that's really what we help to teach, to talk about, to reflect on for all age groups, not just, you know, young adults, but even children and teens, especially, um, and helping parents and teachers to teach that to their kids. Um, it has to become a whole, all, all, it, it has to be everyone who's engaged in a media culture. And we all, we're all creators and engagers of a media culture. You said it so well. And I think, and I could be wrong, but I think that what it does help to develop, which is a very important skill that not everybody has naturally, is to become more empathetic toward those who are marginalized. That's a very big part of what this uh, uh, podcast is all about. A lot of times we get the question, who is our target audience? Is it young people, old people? Is it uh, married couples? Is it whoever? And Bill and I always say the same thing. Uh, we have a very wide audience, but we're all about the marginalized. We're all about sowing hope into broken hearts and those people who feel on the fringes. So um, I think that what you're saying, sister, tells me that it's teaching people to be that kind of a person that when somebody says, you know, I'm depressed, I, this happened to me, that we don't dismiss it right away. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think, I don't know, I, I think you would agree, that's part of um, basically our entrance into heaven, because mm-hmm. it says that in the Bible and in, in, in Matthew 25, you know, I came to, I was hungry, I was in prison. How did you react to that person? How did you react to that person who felt completely alone mm-hmm. or was at a party and nobody talked to, or is that mm-hmm. extended family member that nobody ever calls, mm-hmm. you know? So I commend you that you're doing this wonderful work to help to bring that to people's souls. It's mm-hmm. so important, sister. Thank you. Thank you. Do you God want bless. Uh, Do you have a moment that I read one line of a prayer? Oh yeah, we got plenty Please. of time. Go yeah. ahead, For the media? Please. Oh, 
Okay, I'm going to pray a portion of this. It's called the Canticle of Praise for the Media. So mm. I'll just do a part of it, um, and I'm gonna, it's going to include all areas of media because otherwise it's, it's a lot longer. But um, I'm just going to pray. So we say, we thank you, Lord God, for the unending Pentecost of your creative Holy Spirit, which enables your sons and daughters to be afire with your truth, beauty, and goodness in all areas of media, on digital communications, in radio, television, theater, and cinema. May the blind see, the deaf hear, and the poor receive justice through the proclamation of the good news via today's media. Together, let us rejoice in the God-given talents and the creative gifts of those who promote the dignity of the human person and who build a communion among peoples the world over through their dedication and love. Amen. 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 And that is based on the writings of Blessed James oh, Alberione. It's beautiful. <laughs> That was a really short snippet of it. Say it again. Again, his name again. Blessed, Blessed James, James Alberione. He Alberione. is called by Saint John Paul II as the media apostle. Mm, I have to um, look him up. He was uh, beatified in 2013. Or, excuse me, 2003. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> My decades wrong. Um, in 2003, and John Paul called him the the media apostle of the 21st century. So, so. cool. Oh my gosh. Well, certainly everybody, you've got to reach out uh, to Sister Nancy on social media. Uh, she's got uh, some great resources for you, of course, on her websites and everything like that. Uh, this has been such a pleasure, Sister Nancy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to have you back again and again. So I just oh, uh, please thank you so do. much. Oh, I would love it. You're just one of my favorites. Not that I love them all. I love them all, but... I never run out of things to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have so much in common. We yeah. do. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, well, thank God you. bless God you both. Bless. Thank you. God bless you, sister. All right. Well, uh, folks, uh, this has been another episode of uh, Sewing Hope. And so thank you so much for uh, being with us uh, tonight on this Thursday evening. Uh, we really appreciate all that you're doing to support our ministries. Please uh, don't forget to go over to our uh, Patreon and uh, check out our uh, premium subscriberships and everything. Uh, and uh, don't forget to tune in tomorrow night to uh, Anne's show, Journeys in Faith. You don't want to miss that, folks. Uh, it's a great show. But I uh, really appreciate all that you're doing to support Patchwork Heart Ministry, Fiat Ministry Network. Uh, and until next time, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope, on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.